Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hi, how's it going? Forty. G'day, fellas. Ham. Yeah, still here. And your host, Hamish. Well, let's jump straight into it. So, in first grade, Eels going down 30-34, to 34, making it three losses on the trot. But in a similar tale, uh, six tries apiece. Um, and goal kicking being the difference. Moses, three from six off the boot. Ruben Garrick, four from six with a penalty goal. Uh, just looking through some of the team stats, we held the ball more, 51% possession, uh, but only completed at 64%, which has been the tail of the year so far. Uh, six line breaks to three, and had an extra six metres average set distance. Average play this ball, ball speed was about 0.3 seconds slower than Manly. And getting to the kicks, our kick diffusal only 17%, which let us down in our own half. Then the effective tackle percentage, we were at 87% to Manly's 83%. We made 284, missed 33, whereas Manly made 267, but missed 24. And we only had nine ineffective tackles to Manly's 31. Errors, 14 apiece. Seven penalties uh, apiece. We had two uh, inside uh, 10 metres. And then eight interchanges apiece. So... You know, it has the showings of a close game, but one that we probably should have won if we uh, didn't have so many lapses in defence at crucial points. I'll start with you, Betty. Yeah, I'm not. It's not the end of the world, even though we're 0 three. It's just we're completing at such poor levels. Like you know, like uh, Craig Bellamy was blasted, was blasting his teammates, saying, "Oh, his team saying the care factor zero. Like if we could complete, you know, the bare minimum eighty percent, we win every game." So, like, it's just, and I know it sounds simple, um, clean out the areas, you, you win the game. It's just, we make it so easy for the opposition. You look at their tries, um, Ola Kalatu, you know, you know, he took a specky on our player, you know, he scored an intercept try. Um, even uh, Brad Parker's try, like, he literally did a Stephen Bradbury. It, it, teams, even the week before against the Sharks, teams are just scoring so such easy tries, and, like, bam, and we're gifting them possession and, and cheap and, and easy field territory, and it's just... And for our try, it feels as though we have to do like an, like um, an exotic play or something. Like we work really hard for our tries, and it's just easy for opposition. Um, other than that, uh, we start a bit slow. Like we're getting, you know, their forwards were going to roll on us. Like um, Paseca, you know, I know he's a man, man mountain, but like he just seems like we, he was making fifteen plus meters each time. But um, yeah, it's just it just seems like Manly did everything so easy. And, you know, you look at that, you look at that try to Brad Parker, like Bailey Simons, and he bats it back, and he he just puts, it's like the softest touch ever, puts Guffer under pressure, and it just seems like, um, yeah, Manly, you make, your, make a lot of your own luck, and Manly just, you know, they capitalise on all their luck. Yeah, I think that the poor defence, to me, just comes down from lack of, it's attention to detail there. Like, in completion rate, 64%, you can't, it's it's just so frustrating because it's it's so simple and we showed it in this game. It's like I, I kept saying in the in the chat, like straight direct complete the set. We did that in the final ten minutes of the first half, and we're putting on like we put on two tries in ten minutes, and like because we kept up, we held the ball. It's not it, rugby league's not a hard game. Like if you, it's just it's so frust it's frustrating this because we can see that we can win, but we do everything possible to make it so we don't play to what we should be doing. Like, take Mitchell Moses, for example, there. He had one big kick in the first half, kicked it from 35 to the 5, and uh, Christian Tuopolotu got back. 
Tom Trevojevic can't run at the moment. He's terribly defensively. So as soon as we got to that 30-meter line, we should have been going, all right, one more hit up, we're going to get to our kick. Could be third tackle. I don't care. You kick early, you make Tom Trevojevic jog as fast as he possibly can across the field. So you're going to tie him out. But then also, you're going to also have the wingers drop back earlier because they're going, well, Parramatta's getting to their kick by the 40. We've got to drop back even when it might be the third. Then that opens up the shift to the sidelines. Like, our strengths are attack from the forward pack because they're so big, it's hard. It's When they have to defend multiple sets, they get tired. And we've got Mitchell Moses kicking game. So we need to hold the ball and we need to kick early and we need to drive down. It's, just, it's frustrating because if I can see it, I'm a pleb, I'm a nobody on the sideline, surely they can. They know what needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, what a frustrating game. I mean, third straight game, you lose by four points. You sit zero and three after three weeks of football when you could just as easily have been three and zero, oh, and like the problems that we're seeing have been embryonic from like the first game, and we've we spoken about it ad nauseum on the podcast about where we're going wrong, and it's it's really a broad stroke sort of you know criticism because these are you know broad fundamentals that they're messing up when it comes to basic uh, defensive structures, you know getting to your kick, taking you know not necessarily scoring up every opportunity because that that is you know. Uh, it's not going to happen, but just be more efficient in your scoring opportunities. And in this game, it felt halftime came at a really bad juncture for us. Obviously, we started very slow, bled the first couple of tries to Ruben Garrick and Tom Dvojevic, but then we'd hit back with Guffo's uh, first and then Matt Dory also scoring down that right edge off that really nicely disguised Mitchell Moses short ball. And yes, we scored first in the second half, but it felt like if the game just kept playing for another 10, 15, we'd probably run away with the lead there. Unfortunately, it didn't. And instead... I mean, I'm just trying to look back to the chat that we had for this game and uh, the the litany of missed opportunities from this game in terms of, you know, tries that went by. Will Penasini, who I thought was brilliant in this game, had that no try off the Bowie Simonson grubber ahead where all we had to do was pick it up and put it down, but it was, you know, that low bouncing one. It wasn't easy, but uh, a missed chance. Guffo, who was excellent in this game, well, he got done for a shepherd at one point or an obstruction. Uh what other ones were there? There was a, there was about five or six of them. Uh, there was a forward pass that was not a forward pass where Big Reg would have had been on the try-scorer sheet again. And to make things worse in that play, if you go back to the ruck, it was an absolute dog's breakfast that should have been at least penalty advantage, but um, it came back to a, a not forward pass, forward pass. So we're leaving so many points on the field, both offensively and defensively. And, you know, like I said, we should be sitting 3-0 after three weeks and sort of finding a nice rhythm and getting Ryan Madison back and looking to really make a tilt of these next couple of weeks with the big games against the Panthers and the Roosters. And instead, we're all on free having to claw, claw ourselves out of the hole and try and find momentum where there you know, seemingly isn't any, even if our on-field results aren't that bad. They're just being hamstrung by our own inefficiencies. And I think the really worrying thing over the last three weeks is that we've sort of lost games in similar fashion, just brain fades for 10 minutes at a time. And it's from fairly similar characters as well, unfortunately. So... Um, I know we're pretty light on. We we don't have much depth at the moment, um, given all the injuries, etc. Um, plus, we've got a top heavy talent team that Bertie sort of spoke about last week. But you know, there there needs to be some change, and you know, we'll get to it in the preview. But there has been some call to some different faces coming back in, and obviously Madison comes back in that helps with the forward depth, um, and and hopefully that can sort of alleviate some of the issues. But there isn't too much waiting on the wings in the outside backs there. And that's where some of the major issues have been um, at centre and at wing. Um, so, 
you know, we sort of ride with who we've got at the moment, but the only player really that we have that can come back is Dunster at the moment, and otherwise it's just injuries. Can I just say, right, I'm I'm not going to go off at the team. I'm disappointed in our um, our backline for the first, so let's just say, first three, three games of the season. Our best player is young Will, Will Pinacini, a 20-year-old in his third season has played outstanding the first three weeks, right? He's rocked out the ball. He's made plenty of meters. And yet you've got Guffo who's been... Okay, he scored tries, but he's been like... It's been it's been terrible. Uh, you know, Wonga Blake, the less said about him. Like, it's it's really bad when the cheapest... Probably the cheapest guy in the contract and the least experience is outperforming everyone by a far stretch. And, you know, like... It's just, it's just appalling. Like, you look at him. Like, you look at the runs he makes. Like, he's getting belted. Like, Sivo... Sivo, the runs, he's, he's probably, he was the biggest outside back there. He was getting driven and smashed by that speedster from Manly, Tolo, Kula, or whatever, every single time. Now, if you get smashed once, that should be a, you know, an alarm bell saying, I'm going to run harder. But he was getting smashed every time. Simonson, yeah, I just, it's just a, it's a slap in the face when Pinnison is your best. And yeah, he's, he's got, like, I'm a massive fan of him, but I expect more from Guffo and, you know, Sivo to a degree. So, yeah. I actually thought this was Guffo's. Best game of the year. I was going to say the same thing. Here. <laughs> well, maybe but, I'm watching the game wrong, but yeah. no, no, it's, it's your opinion. But I, I'm 100% agree with Wanga Blake Bailey Simonson. Like I, I, I said it's the first podcast that um, we're not getting enough from them. Like you compare it to Will Penasini. Penasini in this game, 15 runs, 180 meters. Like Wanga Blake, 11 runs, 93 meters. Bailey Simonson, nine runs, 77 meters. Like you got. Yeah, as you said, young Will Penasini turning twenty-one this year. And how is how is he showing the way for these the, older guys? The other stat you didn't mention him as good as he was offensively. Twenty-one tackles, two missed for Will Penasini. Ten tackles, four missed, one ineffective for Wanga. Like there's there's one side that is really setting up our opposition to make big attacking raids. And, and I, you know, I've had my criticisms of Will uh, in the first two games this year, where I thought uh, his offload put his winger. Under too much pressure, but like Wanga Blake, there was a it didn't it indirectly led to a try. He arm grabbed like you've you've got to put the shoulder in. I don't, I don't care if you're hurting or whatever, but it was him and Sevo actually. Sevo was just just as bad. They're the biggest backs that we've got. Two of the biggest backs in the NRL, and they're not putting the shoulder in in defence. Like and then you got, yeah, as you said, Young Will ninety two percent tackle efficiency. Look, it's just these you know. I'm, once these two are gone, I, I hope that we bring up some young guys from our – because obviously Will's a prime example of our junior pathways at the moment, but it's that a bit like I'm going to do everything I can to win. And I, I think that Sean Russell and Hayes Dunster – I'll talk about Hayes a bit later and Sean is obviously injured at the moment, but these two guys, young, early 20s, they'll be enthusiastic. They want to ruck the ball out. They won't want to let their teammates down – I'm I'm right off Wanga Blake and Bailey Simonson. I've given them, you know, enough rope. The benefit of the doubt. Yeah, enough rope. Like, are they both off contract this year? Uh, Wanga definitely is. And it's a Bailey's mutual, got a mutual option. mutual option. Yeah, which is tantamount to being off contract if the way the NRL stuff is worded with mutual options. So, yeah, there's going to be and some big calls. I, I, I'm not to be one to say I told you so, but uh, I think Forty and I called it at the start of um, Wanga Blake's contract. We said that the length of the contract. Will be an albatross of the, around the neck of the club. Yeah, because obviously we inherited this was there was no extension offered by our club. That was literally just the deal inherited from the Penrith Panthers. So we we've gotten plenty of value out of it. Wong has been a very good addition for the club for a number of years. It's just right now, 
like you said, him, the final year of it, or maybe the last year and a half of it, are going to end up being uh, like maybe Albatross is too harsh, but yeah, it's going to be a bit brutal, isn't it? See, I was more worried about Reg's deal instead because this is a guy, you know, he had a broken jaw, he was on the bench, and the attitude. I was worried about his. Yeah, and instead he's got he's gotten back to being like a top two, three prop in the competition and being absolutely dominant. Yeah, so funny how those things work out, isn't it, Bertie? He's found his second lease of life at Parramatta and has been truly world class. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, what, what do you want to say about this game, boys? Because it, once again, you mentioned it, Hamish, it's the same issues. And maybe we've like you know made a step here or there offensively with some of the stuff we're doing. I thought Josh Hodgson had his best game as an eel offensively. He got the score of that hilarious try where he had- Tell you what, if he was at the NFL combine, he'd be a Mr. Irrelevant. That was the slowest 40. Like, I mean, he's not getting paid by how much kilometers he runs. Luckily, like he was running past Jake Dubovich, I suppose. So. And, and, and Schuster was chasing him. What does that say about him? Like, Schuster couldn't even catch up to him. Yeah, no, that was... Um, but then again, that, that goes to show... Um, Tom Travojevic, he overread the play because mm. he fell for the dummy and then he just stopped chasing because he can't, like, every NRL club, if they were watching this game, just, it's so obvious what to do to Manly at the moment. It's so obvious. Yeah, just moving, Tom, moving Tommy around is pretty simple from the things that they, are now. They, they were the fresher team and yet we looked we looked like we, looked like we were off the bye. Like we, like, we finished the game better than them and they were, like, they were cramping up, mm. they were going for pickle juices, like... You know, it's just, one, yeah, I don't know, man. A couple, couple of closing notes I just want to say before I forget. Um, I know it's one of the things I've been very critical of in his tenure as a head coach for all the good things he's done, but I do think Brad used his bench a lot more effectively this week. He threw guys oh, in. Yeah. I, I'm actually of the other opinion, hey. Yeah, I thought he, he kept... Um, uh, off, off, off for too long. And um, who did he keep on for too long? I thought he kept it on for about five five or ten minutes too long. Um, uh, gosh... No, 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 the um, the other guy. Sorry, Makatoa. Yeah, you could see Makahesi at every bloody um, every ruck. He was bent over and almost dying out of breath. And I thought, gosh, get him off, please, please, quick. And then they scored that that try down the the left edge, the the um, the bloody screw up from Simonson off the back of him being pretty slow in the yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but. You know, again, this is this is just opinion. You're you're allowed to have your opinion, but to me, just because you have four forwards on the like, I, I was fine with the rotation in the first two rounds. I I don't even mind bringing uh, Jermaine off for 10, 15, but I just twenty five minutes. I got him down for fifty five minutes. He he's a killer. He's got that. He's got a, a winning attitude. We need him on the field. I believe, and I just think that um, yeah, he got that one wrong. Uh- I, I understand what you're saying, but I think they might have looked at the tape against Cronulla and Jermaine got caught out defensively a few times, and I think that's part of the reason why he was spelled like that. So they, I think now with, they, with Madison back, sweet spot. I'm sorry, I was going to say I think now with Madison back, it makes the rotations a, a bit easier or at least uh, less difficult. And you know we'll get to it with whoever who else has come onto the bench, but um, you know I think BA is going to have more flexibility with his bench because he's going to have more players that he can trust coming on his bench at this point. Yeah, like like you look at Dury, right? Like he's a very big, like built, you know, um, back row. Like that try he scored, that run, that line he ran, he just, you know, ran over players. I feel as though there's times in the game where you, know, you can tell he's gassed because he's like hunched over. Like I yeah. think, you know, 30 minutes, great first in. But I don't, I don't, you know, he's not, I don't think he can play the full 80 and you can just tell like before he got injured, he was gassed really bad and, He's a power athlete. He needs to be fresh, and you know the lungs were, you know, the lungs were burning there for a few, um, 
for a few sets out there. So yeah. one player. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent there. Sorry, sorry, forty. That's but right. yeah, thirty hundred percent there. Like, um, I, you know, it, it's gonna gonna be in the preview. But with this one, I think that we need to start someone on the edge because I like Dury on the edge. I think he's got a he's really good line. As you said, he's a power athlete. That's what you want on the edge because they don't uh, have the work rate of the middles. So you have him on the edge, runs that line, can pop an offload, has a pass. We haven't seen that yet, but he will, you know, watching him through the juniors, he has got that pass in him. He's got the offload. I like the, I like, he's, he's Papa Lee, really, but just, I think coming off that ACL injury, he hasn't got the, the fitness or the match fitness as yet. I think possibly by the end of next year, maybe, oh, sorry, not end of next year, end of this year, start of next year, if he plays the full season, I think I, there could be a, an 80-minute 80 80 edge in him. I was going to say in my wrap-up, one player that didn't impress and I think really needs to do better, given that he was held back late into the game to come into fresh and be perhaps a difference maker in the middle was Wirimu. He got folded pretty much every time he took a hit up. He got absolutely hammered. Uh, if you're going to get injected that late into the game, you need to be making a difference. You need to be, you know, going past the ad line and being the guy that can break a tackle, throw an offload, maybe. So, well, especially you know, as big as he is. Yeah, exactly. And you know, he's he especially really is that north south run. So, you know, not not to say that he isn't going to do better, but I just need him to do better. Well, I, as a fan, I'd like to see him do better. Just do better. The whole team. Just, I mean, do better. That really, yeah. that really is the creed for the team, isn't it? Because. It's not like it's not hard. they haven't been bereft of positives. Like we're scoring a lot of points and we're not even looking like we're out of maybe third gear offensively. Like we, we are nowhere near our final form in terms of fluency and efficiency in offense and we are scoring points easily. See, but, that's the thing. It, to me, it all comes back down to completion rates. I, I know that your, your stats nerds and analytical watchers of the game say, oh, completions aren't a huge thing. But to me, with this team, completions are a big thing. We're a big forward pack. We need that. We need our hands on the ball. Well, we don't want to be defending with this team. Apparently, run meters are the the most like performative indicator of success. And Eels were like plus two hundred and yeah. still lost, you know, by four points. So we're we're not necessarily a team that the stats <laughs> can be uh, tracked by normal means. And I, like you said, Ham, when we get plus, when we get to like eighty plus percent conf- uh, completion rates, we tend to win we'll and be, win well. If we got to eighty percent in these past three games. So yeah, defense has been just a bit optional the, the yeah, last two weeks, yeah, especially. And you know that left edge has definitely had its struggles. Uh, I think the absence of Sean Lane is something that the media really haven't given credence to, not just in attack but defensively. I think he is the glue for that edge. I think uh, his football smarts are probably vastly underrated, and I, I dare say that when he comes back, that I mean, once he gets his legs under him too, but he'll be huge for that edge. Completely agree. Or what? Well, let's wrap that there. Let's move on to the next game before we all uh, start cutting our wrists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so um, what was the stat? The last team to start the season 0-3, or at least one to team to start the season 0-3, went on to win the grand final in the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, so there's always a bright line there. But then again, the last couple of times we've started the season 0-3, we've ended up with the wooden spoon. So that's the, uh, the uh, other side. Of the coin. I mean, the West Tiger is going to be very serious competition in that regard. It looks like. Oh my good lord! Like I was listening on the ABC commentary on the way back down from Lithgow on Sunday afternoon, and the hatred for that team was just palpable from the commentary. I think Luke Brooks did something just insane. They're going, "What the hell is he still doing on a first grade football field?" Like oh. just yeah, yeah that's 
the, the one good, the one saving grace at the moment yeah. is that the West Tigers found a way. They found it despite all all pundits, all plaudits going their way. They found a way to fall backwards from the wooden spoon last year. <laughs> right. Well, let's jump into reserve grade. So Ooh. that's all the Eagles prevail, thirty to twenty-two over the Blacktown Workers Sea Eagles. Try scorey, <laughs> scorers <laughs> rather. Zaxini, Dan Kerr, Dijon Arcy in his first uh, game in blue and gold. Hayes Dunster and Lumi Lumi Rankin, perfect off the boot. Uh, but Isaac Lumi get himself a sin, Lumi Lumi get himself a sin minute at one point. So like they fought back too. from six. To, sorry, they they fought back from sixteen six down to to come over the top. I think it was twenty two six at one point. Uh, it was twenty two six. So I was just looking at the halftime score. So. Yeah. Ah, okay. No, yeah. Uh, Gordon, Gordon Champ Kantong scored first in the second half. You're right, Ham. Yeah, they were down twenty two six. It was a huge again. Not hard. In that first half, they were shocking. Could not hold a ball. Could not complete a set. Second half, from about 55 onwards, I'm going to say, after after that try that me at the Blacktown scored, switched on, carved them up. Four tries in the final 20 minutes. It's, it's, the, same, it's, a, it's the same story. <laughs> it's first grade. <laughs> and it, it, it goes to show that these, you know, players trained with the first grade team. So it's just... It's just that mindset. I've got to hold the ball. Um, I was out there out of Blacktown. That's that's a, the local ground for me. H E Labart. Yep, at a Blacktown workers there. Uh, Arthur Miller Stephen thought he was fantastic in his uh, senior debut. Oh, not senior, but second Open debut. Age debut. Yeah. Uh, Hayes Dunstall really impressed me. The numbers aren't there for him. I thought personally, I don't think the numbers do him justice. I thought he was rucking the ball out really well. Defensively, made some really good reads and some good tackles. Um, but he was cramping up with about 20 minutes to go. Yeah, you can see so that. He's still a few, few weeks away there. Uh, Jake Arthur, best game I've seen him play. Um, he was both sides of the ruck, thumb passes. Did have a few mistakes. Had a few um, kicks. That I think he had two giveaway for seven agains and uh, just a few other things, but it was really good to see him play both sides of the ruck. Looked like a halfback this week. Brendan Hands defensively. Unbelievable. Tony Martelli, he was running off Jake. You can see 153 metres from 15 runs. Got put into gaps all the time. Uh other than that, probably, yeah, just a stock standard reserve grade game, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, just good to see him get on the board, wasn't it, Ham? They've done it hard the first couple of weeks. They were very close against the Raiders and then got blown out against the Jets. So good to see him rebound there and, and have the, most importantly, I think the young guys contributing. You mentioned all of them just then, but... Oh. Sorry, that was New South Wales Rally highlights right then. Uh, but uh, good to see uh, those core young players contributing, and in particular, Arthur Miller Stephen, who probably had a bit of a slow start to the season in flag, but when his name was called to play up, lifted to the level. And that's what you really like to see guys that, you know, not only are talented, but when they get the opportunity, will take it with both hands. And hopefully, he can uh, maybe solidify that fullback spot, or at very worst, maybe uh, push the wing down the road when uh, that reserve grade team gets a bit healthier by virtue of the NRL team also getting healthy. Yeah, absolutely, uh, on AMS there. Um, not sure he's a fullback long-term. Positions himself very well, loves a talk. Chats constantly yeah. in defense. Uh, just needs a passing game. If he can develop a passing game, fullback 100%. And but he's, he's a player you want to see in open space, isn't he? He's got some wheels, but we haven't really got a chance to see it yet. Yeah, he's quick. Yeah. I, I think he might end up um, in first grade as a winger, but good to see him uh, going well in his first game at fullback here. Mm-hmm. 
And in the flag, the Eels prevailing 22 to 16 over the Sea Eagles. Try scorers, Terrell Williams, Ned Hicks, and Lindsay Munro getting a double. Right, man, that is a ba- that's a hard name. <laughs> Riley Lack, um, three from four, <laughs> three from four that's off the boot. Twelfth man energy right there. Jock Brazzle getting himself binned at one point, and two yeah. for Manly, which is par for the course. I mean, they only had one. That one's wrong. Uh, Jonathan Cham was not sin binned. Okay. Um, Jock Brazzle got sin binned for uh, tackling without the ball. But from where I was, I, I, I haven't seen the, the footage, but from where I was sitting, he looked like he got him spot on. Um, so, and I was right next to the tunnel. Uh, Jock was not happy. <laughs> he looked, I, um, just before he was running on, I sort of looked across and we locked eyes and if looks could kill, he'd, he'd be in jail right now <laughs> because he was, and he went out there and he played like it. Ah, oh, he just shot. Kamaru like, Mars there? Yeah, mate, it was worth, because he's got the shaved head as well. So it's all, oh, it's a, yeah, he was uh, he was not happy about that. American History um, X. <laughs> yeah, you brought it up, not me. <laughs> um, I thought Brock Parker played the same. Like just he he took that energy from uh, Jock and just matched it. Nick Lenars, I said it last week. He's raced on in defence. He's just unbelievable technique. He forced like three areas in this game just through defence alone. He gets him right underneath the ribs with his shoulder, drives, hits hard, and like. Forces them to the ground. Incredible defender. Absolutely incredible defender. Um, Lindsay Munro, another fullback. I believe he comes from Moree. Uh, played in for Camden last year, I'm going to say. Yes. Camden. Lightning quick. Yeah. Scored just, a late brace of tries, didn't he? Incredibly. They'll be, they'll be on the highlights. Just incredible turn of pace. It was like a Bev and French-like. Not, not as quick as Bev, but just that first step, he's into top speed. Incredible quick. Uh, I liked Terrell Williams. Um, Sam Luizu, the less said, the better at the moment. Kamalafi had a good, uh, an okay game coming back. Um, other than that, you know, uh, this team, uh, they'll be boosted by um, semester ball graduates, but I'm not sure they're a finals team just as yet. I think that's probably fair. Uh, you know, there's some good core players there. You mentioned Terrell Williams. He was pretty handy last year and it looks like he could make a step this year. The fullback situation is obviously pretty good when you've got AMS up in cup and Lindsay Munro comes in and does a good job as his deputy. Uh, and just another thing on Lindsay, much like AMS, just constantly talking. That's what you, that's what you'll want from a fullback huge, yeah. at this age. Yep. If they can just constantly talk, set defensive lines, even if it's to amp the team up, like as long as they're talking as a fullback, that's that's what you want to see. But yeah, Jonte, Brock, Jock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're, they're the makings of a solid core of the Ford Pack, and that'll all be augmented by those ball boys you mentioned, Ham. But yeah, it's just a case of you know not putting themselves out of the finals chase by the time that SG Ball program wraps up. And you know, getting a win round three in isn't ideal, but at least it's a now start, and they can start you know building and working on it. And yeah, it's just good to see the flag and the cup break their ducks. Now it's up to the NRL to get it done. Let's jump into the SG Ball. Eels 38 prevailing. Over the Seagulls, who scored 18. Try scorers, Gaima, 2. Spence, Almadine, Vavaella, Destratus, and Palo. Sanders, 5 off the boot. You boys out there for this one? I was nah. not. It was over at Brookie. So I think 60's made the trip over there, and he had a huge day because there was two development squads playing as well, the Lisa Fiola and the uh, the boys under 16s. The Lisa Fiola, who were the feet, essentially the Harold Matthews equivalent for the Tasha Gale. 
we're going to get to that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. They they put on a show, but in terms of the uh, the ball game here, well, we won him, but it looks like it was going to be a costly one. I think we got a few injuries out of this, but uh, mainly pushed us early on, and then we just uh, we sort of stormed them through through the back half of the first half into early second half. Yeah, our class just outshowed in this game. Um, I, I've only seen highlights, so um, that's all. That's all I can say, really. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this this was a game for both the mats and the ball that they needed to have because they're pushing for uh, top four, top two finishes in both grades now. And Manly came into this game with, I think, one win between the two teams. Him, they're they're doing it really tough in the Herald Mats and the SG Ball this year. And yeah, they're they're um. Mustn't be recruiting from Western Sydney anymore. <laughs> but uh, they, they've been really strong in the junior reps the last few years, so it was a bit of a surprise to see them languishing down the bottom of the ladder. But like I said, knowing their position, the two teams needed to have good wins here, improve their differential as well as securing the two points. And while it wasn't necessarily the, the perfect game for our ball boys, going plus 20 on the points differential is a good outcome. So yeah, good to see them do that there. But like I said, it may be – I'm still trying to check the team list here because we don't uh, get the injury reports – um, There's a few. It might have been a bit of a not Firic, but costly win because in the in the forwards we're going to be a bit light on. We do get Saxon Pryke back this week, I think, but yeah, no Lance, no Sam Torvadi, no so Lance Valima, Sam Torvadi, and LeBron Tuala all out this week. So calling on the the troops in the middle now, Ham. Absolutely. Then in the mats, Eels 30 prevailing over Manly 10. Mukatudia with a double. Rokasuka, Lee, Tito, Ferrugia 5 off the boot. Uh, what was 60's take on this one? Uh, I think Zaydas had a very good game in this one. No surprise to see him bag a quick fire double there. Uh, but he continues to be a very intriguing prospect from dummy half. He is not built like a conventional dummy half, but that might be something that sets him apart. Uh, you can see that experience in the back line, can't you, Ham, with how he runs the ball? Once he gets into a, a semblance of broken play, he becomes such a threat. Uh, and, yeah, he's a very intriguing prospect and good win for this team. And this is, a, I think, a fairly young team still in the Harold Mats. I know there's a couple of boys playing up there. I believe uh, Alma Seve, he might be a year young and he's already secured a starting spot in the back line. I think you said Lorima Rokosukaham might be a year young too. So He's a year young. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's quite a few boys through his team that are a year young and, and really punching above their weight. They got Captain Josiah Funaluda back this week, which was very good. Uh, the forward pack really solidified this week on the back of it. So I think they're back to full strength in that pack or close enough. Ham, Tito, Uta, Funaluda, Abdo, Sangalang. So good starting pack there. And uh, the bench, well, I say the, they were missing uh, probably their best forward in Ocean Vivella this week. So got the job done without young Ocean, who's another player that somehow is a year young despite being dominant physically at prop forward. Very good to see. Uh, and, yeah, I think they're going to – if they continue playing this way, they'll go pretty deep into the season. They're a very well-rounded team. Yeah, I'd say they're maybe favourites or very close to favourites to take out the uh, competition as it is, especially with Dom Ferrugia. Oh, I'm a big fan of Dom. He's well, goal-kicking. I was about ball. to say, it's not often you see a player as big and athletic as him also being an ace goal-kicker, but he thumps that ball with great accuracy. So, Oh, and just power and accuracy, like – Oh yeah, he, he, he I'm surprised he hasn't kicked the leather off the floor. <laughs> stitching like, still able to be yeah, here. exactly caused the caused the uh, the bladder to bleed out at some point. But yeah, Dom being a, I mean we, we talk about it all the time in all grades, but especially the junior reps, scoring in sixes is such an advantage. Um, it's what helps set our Tasha Gallo side with our uh, Alicia Bell's 
sharp shooting from the tee. She is really special in that regard too. And Dom Farouche is her contemporary. Uh, you know, very, very good goal kickers. And uh, in both cases, they're good, good athletic wingers too. But Dom, he could be a special athlete. He is very fast, very like tall and athletic. So definitely one to monitor across the uh, rest of his sort of junior representative career. Huh? Lisa Fiola Cup as... 40 was touching upon earlier. 50 nil over Seagulls. Matthews 3, Tafuga 2, Sekold 2, Alia Sofan, Aliana Toya Alamalo, and Fusavalo Farmasili. All getting over. Lemasu 4 off the boot and Henderson 1. So, talking about uh, converting, going up by 4s or 6, it didn't really matter in this group. No. Uh, at least if you're a cup, we, uh, we spoke about it in weeks past, I believe, but. Four, it's essentially a four, four-ish week program uh, that is a Harold Matz equivalent that isn't quite a fully-fledged competition yet. Uh, but for the Eels, I think this, this team and the team that come after are going to be the real... You, you always hear about the uh, growth of female participation in Western Sydney Rugby League and how you know teams like uh, Kellyville... Uh, gosh. The, Toon Gabby Tigers. Uh, Toon Gabby, Toon that, Tigers. that was the one I was, I was reaching for. Uh, Toon Gabby in particular you know, have these incredible programs. Uh, and I think these teams now are, are the fruits of that. They, this is where you're seeing the women's pathways really starting to blossom. And, you know, it's no surprise they posted 50 on Manly there. The question now now is, you know, how many can you keep? Uh, because the NRLW, I mean, I don't want to call it a shit show in terms of like recruitment, but it it is the wild west out there, you know, with the marquee allowances and not having multi-year contracts. Uh, you're, you're seeing like stars constantly migrating and I suppose one way to combat that would be to have a, a font of talented young players coming through, and that's what the Eels probably have to do because I wouldn't be surprised. We, we saw some speculation from Fox Sports that the Eels have lost a few of their core players. Well, if you want to stay competitive, you need a, a strong Tasha girl, Lisa Fiola pathway to continue the feed into your NLW. And thankfully it looks like the Eels might be on track there between Tasha girl and Lisa Fiola. Yeah, I think um, they're not keeping a ladder or having finals, but our girls are comfortably sitting atop the uh, Lisa Fiola Cup ladder at the moment, unofficially. Yes, yeah, so that's only the four-game sort of round-robin sort of competition. Yeah, hopefully we can... Uh, next year. Well, I know that uh, Tasha Gale started off as a nine-a-side competition. 2019? No, way before then, 2016 or something. So um, hopefully we see that into a fully-fledged competition to run alongside all the other ones. That's definitely the next step, I think, isn't it? Uh, Harold Matz, SG Ball, Lisa Fiola, Tasha Gale. Yeah. And Eels news. So we touched upon it last week, but now confirmed. Arthur extends until 2025 as the coach. Uh, you know, sounds fun to me. Yeah. Uh, I know. We Can we touch had... on this last week? Yeah, it hadn't been confirmed. I was speculating. It it was, speculated. Yeah, it was rumored. And then the next day it was confirmed. Uh, yeah, I mean, no issues with it. Obviously, we haven't had the greatest start to 2023, but again, it's like the wheels have fallen off. We could have easily been 3 0 say, for, like, a single play from each of those games. So, yeah, um, and, you know, stability at the top is always good for a club. And the thing we always talk about is, you know, Brad is a very good coach, and moving on from him would require finding a better coach, and there's not that many of them in the NRL. So you've got to have that figured out before you make any other moves. Happy for the, the you know, and it's not like a long, long-term re-signing, so happy. And there's not really too much other news to come out of the Eels, other than, I guess, um, Madison's back. Oh, yeah, well, Madison's back for us. I suppose there was big... Big changes for the code itself with uh, mandatory concussion st- uh, stand-downs and the like coming in. If you've got a cat one, you're down for 11 days minimum. I think that's fair. Oh, I've got no issues with it, but it, it does. Yeah. Some it was, of the better teams had sort of been doing that 
in any event, but it is good to have Official a policy over the top mandate, to yeah. keep to keep everybody sort of honest with it all because, you know, some teams are more like to, to press on. Yeah, and I think that all this talk from media pundits talking about, oh, it, uh, what do they call them, independent doctors and everything, as, as Christian Wilt said, They've won this, they're the ones that have studied it. They know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. And you listen to old footballers and you talk about the term punch drunk. They, a lot of ex-footballers, when, when they speak, they're not very good speakers, just like me just then. Also, I don't know if I saw this somewhere. Uh, apparently, we're going to have a squad roster up to 38. Is that, that true? That was the follow-up, is that the NRL was looking at raising the squad rosters next year to 38 to combat the uh, attrition rates that the concussion protocols will bring. But then obviously the, the nuance of that discussion is, do we need to open up more bench spots? Yeah, or- I'm I'm a big fan of both. I think that to, for me, I th- I'd like to see um, 40 full-time, full-timers. Mm-hmm. So that way you've got two full teams plus some. And that covers your, that, that covers you for the whole year. You know, no development. You can play everyone from round one. None of that. Um, for me, I personally would like to see, um, a bench of eight, probably a bit too too outrageous at the moment. Um, but in in saying that, I think that once you use four, unless um, uh, there's a concussion, you can't use any more. So you ha- you do have a bench of eight, but so then that way you can carry some backs. It's, it's kind of like a bench. It's like a hybrid between a rugby union bench and a league bench. Yeah, absolutely. Which but I'm, yeah, I'm not so, but, but, like there's still substitutions. That's right. But once you've used four. You can't use the other ones unless concussion. Yep. I'm not against that. I reckon as soon as you lose one player to a concussion, the 18th man should be activated straight away. I think that's like, also fair, Bertie. The whole, this yeah. whole hoops you got to jump through, having three players concussed or injured it's, or whatever it is, it's crazy. I thought yeah, it was down to two, two now. It's, it's not two yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, it's down to two. And, like, and people are going to say like the club's going to reward it. If you have ruled out for, for a concussion, you can't play for 12 days. So like, you want to risk you know, using a tactical concussion you know, subbed? You're not going to play next week, so that's what I reckon. So, and also, also the, what team that, is is keeping their 18th man, who's going to be this superstar? Yeah, and as not a, yeah. For the top mm, yeah exactly. that's what I never understand. They say it's a tactical thing, but your 18th player is always going to be worse than whoever's picked in that 17, because otherwise they'd be in that 17. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well, let's move away from the news. Tasha Gale, they'll be kicking off 10.30 a.m. against Panthers at New Era Stadium, so our home on Saturday the 25th of March, which will be followed by the Harold Mats at 12 noon, same venue, same day, same opponent, and then the SG Ball, 1.30 p.m., same day, same venue, same opponent. Uh, and that SG Ball team, it still looks fairly... It's a gun back. That one okay. seven... Yeah, one to seven is like that's next. If Cody Parry was on one wing, boy oh boy, it might be our best in like the last decade or so. so well, I was going to say since twenty seventeen, where you had um, JP No fullback Hayes Dunstar, Ethan Parry. I can't name the other ones, but uh, obviously Hayes and um, Ethan were the two to go through and play first grade. So. For me, that's probably the best SG ball. It's probably the best SG ball backline I've seen since yeah, I've been following. Bear in mind that Blaze Tony probably walks into the starting five eight for all of most clubs. So <laughs> you know, and he's he's been you know, pushing at the centres because Lynn and Sanders have been very strong together. And really happy to see Richard Penasini back here. I was concerned when he went down. In fact, uh, I believe it was a shoulder injury because you just don't notice severity because you don't get the official injury reports. 
and he missed some time, but the fact that he's back with time to tune up before the finals is huge. Yeah. And then we have the Jersey flag, which will also be played on Saturday, 3.15pm, same venue, same opponent. And looking at that squad list, so Loizu sits out. Does he return to reserve grade, or he's just left out at the moment? No, he's injured. That uh, injured there. And Federica in, so... Um, you know, they got over the, the top of Manly last week, but this will be a step up in class against big that Penrith yeah, fleet team. But, you know, they're, they're, if they're going to earn their salt, this is it. So, just got to get the job done some way, somehow. And it will start with, you know, minimising those self-inflicted issues because Penrith are going to throw enough at you as it is. Uh, so, yeah, big day of football out there at, uh, at Cabra, though. You've got all the uh, development squad at the start into the three junior reps into the Jersey flag. So, if you want to get down and get your money's worth... Uh, you know, if you get an early enough, you probably even have to pay. But if you get in there for the junior reps, I think it's what ten dollars, Ham. So uh, at, at um, Cabramatta, no, they don't. They don't charge anymore. They don't charge. Okay, so there you go. Get no. get an incredible days worth of football. Bowl free after you voted. True. If you live in New South Wales, yeah, don't don't get fined for not voting. Make sure you vote first <laughs> or pre poll. Yeah, you, like yeah exactly. And then having a look at the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup, Eels in 10th, taking on Penrith in 2nd, 5.20pm at Combank Stadium on Thursday, the 23rd of March, so the curtain raiser before first grade. And looking at that Penrith team, there is a lot of ex-first graders or players that are pretty renowned. So, again, um, we're going to have a hard time in this grade, but two players coming in, Joshua Minhinik on the wing, and then you've got Jonte Jr., Beth and Misa coming in off the bench, and Jaden Yates on the interchange bench. Who have they got playing at? Oh, they got Mitch Rain starting at nine now, okay. Um, and Jordan Rankin's still at six. But Hayes Dunster gets another call up, so does Dejan Arcee, so looking at probably those two are uh, the big names that we want to see pushing forward for a first grade spot to keep some others who are presently in first grade honest. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the wing stocks are a bit stretched when you're getting Joshua Minhinik being caught up into the Reggie's backline there, but I believe that uh, Lumili would be serving a suspension ham based on what happened that game last week, and then you've also got Russell out, and uh, suddenly, you know, your stocks get a bit thin. But, yeah, good to see Dejan Arce back again. Like you said, Hamish, chance to build towards uh, contending for that centre spot in first grade. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I don't mind the changes here. Uh, based on what's been done elsewhere in the NRL. But uh, Jeremiah here comes back to start at lock forward. A chance for him to maybe build a bit of form after a, a pretty scratchy start in his NRL career at Parramatta. And then, like seeing uh, the big hyphen of a double-double on the, the bench there, though I don't know how much game time he'll get because bear in mind uh, the Reggie's team will play on Thursday, I believe. Uh, uh, and then uh, the flag is on Saturday, so he might end up being surplus to requirements in this game and then backing into the flag. And the curtain raiser on Thursday night, eight, curtain raiser, sorry, <laughs> the curtain raiser to the round of football, I guess. Uh, 8 p.m. Eels in 16th, but not in last spot against Penrith in 5th. 8 p.m. out of Combank Stadium for Penrith, uh, Dylan Edwards at fullback, Taruva and To'o on the wings, Targo Crichton in the centres, Luai Cleary in the halves. Leota and James Fisher-Harris starting props. Mitch Kenny at hooker. Luke Garner, Liam Martin as I.O. in the second row. 
Sully Luke, Scott Sorensen, Lent Spencer Lenew and Jamin Salmon on the interchange bench with Matt Eisenhuth, Zach Hosking, Tyrone Peachy, Jack Cogger and Tom Jen- Jenkins on the extended bench. Then for the Eels, Captain Clint Gutherson at fullback, Megasibo, Bailey Sim- Simonson on the wings, Will Panasini, Wonga Blake in the centres, Harves, Dill Brown, Mitch Moses, starting forwards, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo, Josh Hodgson at hooker, Bryce Cartwright and Ryan Madison named in the starting second row with Jermaine Hopgood at lock, Matt Dury returns to the bench. Brendan Hands comes in for his first... Uh, is this his first game in Eels? First, first game in the NRL. NRL. Yeah, so it's his NRL uh, debut. We remove Greg and Makahesi Makatoa also on the bench. Jake Arthur, Jira Momosia, Ofahiki Ogden, Tony Matthaeli and Hayes Dunster all on the extended bench. Now, looking at that, obviously the big changes there are Ryan Madison starting second row. Do we think this is just to plug the gap while Sean Lane is out? Yeah. And Matt Dury sort of had that knee niggle last week. I think so. I think, uh, you know, Madison's versatility lends itself well to our current situation with no Lane and no Jack Murchie, who we have, we're still waiting an injury report and there's nothing out there yet. But uh, you'd have to think it's either a busted nose or, uh, or sort of and or concussion following that high shot that uh, he got against Manly. So... Yeah, Maddo's ability to play on the edge is coming to shine here, but I think long-term he'll still be that important rotational piece off the interchange. Um, just one really bad thing to come out of this. Uh, our head referee is Ashley Klein. Yeah. Um, Liam Kennedy, Dave Munro on the touch sheets, and Adam G in the review box. Um, and then looking at the bench there, obviously Brendan Hands coming in. He's played a bit of uh, halves, bit of hooker, a bit of 14 when playing in reserve grade. Yeah, he's played a bit of everywhere. Well, pretty much the spine except for fullback. Yep, 6, 7, 9, 13. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he spent some time defensively on an edge two when the situation called for it last year. Just trying to think because he played he still played starting lock a fair bit, so I wouldn't be you know shocked if he was just positioned out there every now and then. But very handy, if you pardon the pun, utility guy. Uh, I think he's paid his dues. He's worked hard. Uh, you know, it's not easy being the guy that sort of gets put, you know, wherever the hole is in the team. But... He's done his job there, and I think he's actually played, even if the team hasn't been great, he's played pretty solidly. Um, against the Jets, he may, might have overplayed his hand a bit in the halves ham, uh, probably going to the line and passing too late down that left edge, sort of putting his man in a, in a tough spot once or twice. But he's worked hard, and I'm, I'm really interested to see how we, how we use him because I'm not going to expect huge minutes from him. But if he can just be that guy that uh, balances against Josh Hodgson for 10 to 15 or even 20 minutes near half time might keep us up-tempo nicely. Yeah, well, a lot has been said about that um, bring him off, bring him on um, 10 minutes before half-time, leave him on for 10 minutes after half-time. Um, well, we're not using those interchanges, so um, I'm usually not a fan of um, bringing someone on like that. Um, we might even see him come on for 10 minutes and then stay on a little bit longer and um, Hopgood comes off and he moves it, you know, either him or uh, Hodjo move into that 13 role. Um, Do you reckon you could see a super sub from 60 minute onwards sort of interchanging for Hodgson to take him off at that point? Maybe. Um, I think it depends it, on the context of the game. Yeah. I, 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 he's not, I don't think he'll win you a game, probably what you, what, yeah. what some people will expect. Um, he'll, he will close out a game, but I'm not sure if we're trying to win if he's the, the player you want on the field. Yeah, obviously he's not an out-and-out dummy half, but I I think this is a a good move. Um, Obviously, we're a bit thin in hooking stocks, but he's one out over Mitch Rain and Brendan Yates, who had a pretty good preseason. 
uh, to fill in with that bench utility position, which I think we're sort of lacking at the moment. I thought Josh Hodgson, while he's done a lot of good things, I think after having a whole year out last year, uh, he, he does get gassed a little bit around the ruck at points. And yeah, I right. think having a little bit of a spell is how he was used and when he was best utilised at Canberra. It's a bit like Matt Dury, isn't it? Just guys that have been out of the game for a bit and it just takes time to get your legs back under you. So, yeah, I'm not against that call. Uh, I suppose the, the big question that comes with it is, is this a dispensation call or was uh, he promoted into the top 30 quietly without a notification from the club just yet? So, well, I guess we've got Nathan Brown's left to the Roosters, so I, perhaps we just assume that he got promoted in that spot. There was talk um, earlier that Jason Dimitriou has said that um, all development players have been able to play since round one. Was he? Is he a dev contract? No, uh, he'd be a. Uh, we'd have to. Yeah, we'd have to assume he's been upgraded. I was thinking more for Tony Mattielli on the yeah, bench. Yeah, well, there, that's but, right. And Tony's presence in the yeah. extended roster is probably a, a sign that. A, he's probably not that far off being selected, and B, that he's actually allowed to be selected without any sort of uh, restriction, which is obviously yeah, very nice. Yeah, so it's – who knows with uh, Peter Villandis and um, Abdo. It could have changed today. We don't know. <laughs> could have been changed six months ago. We don't know. Uh, so when can we get rid of Wonga Blake and bring in Zach Sini? Do that well, right away? If you're looking for a defensive upgrade, I don't think that's the call, Bertie. Oh, man, I'm looking for anyone that can catch a pass, you know, or even, you know, make a tackle. Put put uh, Brendan Hands out there. I know he, he's <laughs> yeah. play centre. Like, That'd be more likely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, once Johnny Russell's back, though, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some movement in the back line. So, yeah, I think once once he and um, Hayes done Hayes through is back fit, yeah. Just terrible timing, isn't it? You know, and... Poor Sean was due, like literally named to start. And then does he shoulder, or we suspect does he shoulder because we're going off Twitter reports here and there hasn't been official news from the club. But, yeah, not good timing for him. Wasn't good timing for him last year too to get knees in the ribs after scoring a hat-trick in the first half. Some players just don't have a lot of luck. <laughs> um, all right, so, Bertie, what, what do you want to see out of this week? <laughs> um, well, obviously look, a win, but something else. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I just... I don't know, um, attention to detail, like just, just look after the ball, like try to be disciplined. Like I know Penrith are going to get a lot of, a lot of penalties, set restarts, you know, we can't control, well, we can't control that, but with Ashley, Ashley Klein, we can't control that. You can't, just, you can't not with him. Yeah, exactly. Just, just don't, don't make it easy for Penrith, you know, that I'm looking at their team and like, and I hate praising them, like what's their weakest spot? Is it Luke Garner? Just one position, one player? Dumb like half. I mean, that's now their weakness. Yeah. And it's just. Don't make it easy for them, you know. Make them put pressure on um, Cleary. He's kicking game, you know. He doesn't like getting tackled, and I just, yeah, you know, if we can complete our sets, you know, I'm not asking to be like, you know, incredible, like 95 percent, like just do the bare minimum 80 percent, in my opinion, and give yourself a, give yourself the best chance to win the game. And I just, yeah, I can't. It's going to be a very tough game, you know. As I said, there's not many weaknesses in this Penrith team, and yeah, it's going to be a close game, and yeah, that's all I got really. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, it's... Oh, 40, sorry, 40. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll jump I've in. I've already said mine. <laughs> Let's fight it out. Uh, I'll, I'll take it, Ham. You can try and prize it from my cold, dead hands. Uh, but, yeah, um, this is a game where you need to physically match the reigning premiers. Uh, even though they haven't been as hot to start this season uh, based on what we saw in round one, uh, they're you know still the benchmark, still such a well-rounded team, even without Api Corusau, dummy half, which I do think is their real weakness now. Uh, Mitch Kenny is a real workman sort of dummy half, and Sony Luke is still a bit of an unknown, but he is a mature age rookie in that regard. 
So between that and maybe the interchange is a little bit, it's still stronger than ours, but maybe the interchange is a little bit, that's where you can sort of start pulling at the string a bit. But we've got to be physical. Uh, we've seen it actually, it's probably, we haven't talked about it a bit, but I do think that our kick pressure's probably been better this year, even if we've been a bit sloppier in other aspects. We've seen guys like uh, Jermaine Hopgood and Reg and Josh Hodgson being pretty aggressive on the kick pressure. I want to see more of that on Cleary and Luai. And it's the Penrith Panthers. You've got to bring your A game. So uh, knowing us, we will absolutely trounce them after going 0-3 in the first three <laughs> rounds. But if you beat them by double digits, you've done damn well. So you take any win against them and you've got to, yeah, you've got to hold on to the ball, get to that 80% benchmark that Ham mentioned at the start of the podcast or earlier in the podcast uh, as a minimum when it comes to completion rates and just stop doing the stupid shit. You know, don't, if you're Wanga Blake, you've got to pass to Mike Acevo when he's there unmarked down the left edge. If you're, you know, Will Penasini, and if you're having a great game, you've got to put that ball down when that kick is along the ground. You know, they, they're the chances that, against Manly, we still could have won that game because, you know, they're a lesser team compared to the Panthers. But if you do that against Penrith, you're going to get a whooping. So don't miss those chances. Uh, Madison owes us big time, so hopefully he has a big game but doesn't try and overplay his hand, which could be an issue too. You know, a guy trying to make things right tries too hard, forces the issue. And yeah, and you know, I'm not expecting Jermaine Hopgood, who's been so great for us, to throw an intercept to a second rower this week. All those little things. Tidy them up, and we'll be right in it. And you him? Um, I'm going to keep it simple. Straight, direct, complete the set. Done. That's, a That's pretty simple. Po- like, yeah. sounds like, it sounds like a political slogan just in time for the elections. Straight, yeah. direct, complete the set. If if I <laughs> it does too, my goodness. If I if I that's if I was if I could somewhere get involved with the club, I'd just I'd be printing off signs everywhere, sticking on lockers, hanging banners everywhere. As soon as they drive into the car park for training, st- straight, direct, complete the set. Everybody sees it, becomes the mantra for the whole club. We'd be a powerhouse. We'd be unstoppable. That's all you need. Straight, direct, complete the set. Done. And Mitchell Moses the kick some, Mitchell Moses the kick some more goals, please, Mitchy. We well, there's a straight and direct. <laughs> it's true, just straight and direct between the uplines. He's changed his kicking team. Maybe change it back. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, all right. So I've just got the young bloke here. He's a little bit sick, <laughs> so he uh, wants to join oh. in. Um, but <laughs> let's have a look at. Uh, what do you reckon, Jack? You want to go to the footy? That was a nod of the head. Ah, yes, <laughs> good man. Sorry, you want to say that again? Yeah, we love the footy, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jack. Um, (laughs) so uh, looking at the win percentage Panthers have only won 50% of games at Parramatta Stadium Um, obviously we split the games two apiece last year Panthers winning when it mattered but um, we did get that really good win against them at our home um, base last year so it's something we've really got to Yes, it is. It is him. <laughs> so there's plenty that have uh, a couple in the NRL that have the same name. So <laughs> yeah, I, won't, um, I, won't, I won't dox your son. <laughs> all right. So obviously Penrith coming off the bye. Um, they've been nice and rested, but we've had those three hard weeks. It's time to put it all together. We've probably been circling this since the grand final, the rematch. So uh, it's time to get up or put up or shut up um, for this team because going 0-4 and, and then having to play Roosters out at their new Allianz Stadium uh, won't be very good. Yeah, we, we, it, it's a must-need. It's a must-win. Sorry. Oh, um, listen, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. I was going to say your first try scorer and your your overall score. Well, you know, I praised him in the review from uh, week three against Manly. I think Will Pinnacini will score the first try. Um, yeah, I think. Look, I reckon it'll be a close game, even though we can't defend to save our lives. I think it'll be like you know, 
16 14 some weird score line but um three you know I, I feel as though it's going to be a grind affair like you look at um the game last year when we versed them at home and you know clearly got sent off it was you know we blitzed them in the first half second half we end up losing i think it was like 12 6 you know it was a bit of a grind fest so look i'll take any win just get the dub do whatever you do whatever you can legally to take to get the dub but um even illegally, I don't oh, care at this point. That, that's what one thing I was also going to mention. Like, you look at the Souths and uh, um, Roosters uh, derby. You know, it's the Book of Feuds. It's like there's hatred in there, and I get they've been around since 1908. Like, but this is like it might. No, Souths like, nearly came in to twenty something years ago. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, true that. <laughs> but like, like ge- you know, geographically, this is our you know our biggest rival. Like, you know, some people like the oldies will say you know Bulldogs are our biggest rival, but I view Penrith as our biggest rival. You know, our juniors, you know, they hate each other. Like, where is the hatred? Like, I want you to start just show some aggression. You know, I want Widemu. You know, you got folded last week, like a, you know, like a cheap lawn chair, whatever the saying is. You know, do the folding. You know, um, yeah, just show some aggression. And yeah, I've, that's my um, prediction. Wally, well, this is a game that. If we're going to be brutally realistic, we'd definitely see Penrith winning. I mean, they're coming off the bye, which is one of those weird quirks of the draw. Parramatta playing three teams off the bye in the first four weeks. Like, what the oh, hell? But Anthony, uh, Anthony Abdo, what's his name? I don't even know his name. Abdo um, said that, you know, other teams have the same draw, and he only pointed the Broncos who have the Warriors, Knights, and some other shit team. Mm. We have top We have top six teams we've got to play. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it is frustrating, um, but you certainly don't want to use it as an excuse. Uh, so, yeah, I think that Penrith deserve favoritism coming to this game as a you know blue and gold stalwart. Of course, we're going to tip us the win. So, I don't see us somehow scoring thirty plus this week like we have in the other games. I would love to see it if it, if it came with a correspondingly low score defensively, but I'll go with maybe a Parramatta Eels win twenty to sixteen. FTS. Woof. I haven't been that far off the mark lately. I got Reg right, actually, so I'll claim that one the other week. But in terms of this week, maybe Josh Hodgson might be a little bit cheeky at dummy half, and he'll have a little burrow over for the first try. Him. First try scorer, Wanga Blake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm being serious on that one. I think, uh, yeah, I can see it happening. Uh, Parramatta to win nine to six. For, I don't know. That's a two-point field goal and a one-point field goal too, by the way. No, we're scoring two tries. Thank you very much. <laughs> two, two unconverted <laughs> tries. Two unconverted tries. All right, and for me, I have us winning 19-18 field goal victory uh, with Makasiva going over early. I think that's the safe bet. Um, all right, well, that's, that sort of wraps us up there, doesn't it? 0-3 to start the season. This is the first time we've got back-to-back-to-back losses since a very long while ago. Um, so uncharted territory for at least the last year and a half, I think. Um, time for the boys to get going. Yes, sir. All right, we'll leave it there for another week on the Parrot Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And thank you, Birdie, Forty, and Ham for joining this week as well. Cheers. Catch you next time. Thanks. Bye.